0: That's what happens when you drop your phone?
1: that does That does I mean, you got a couple crumbs underneath your chair there i don't know if you know that i'm kidding
0: oh a shit ton <laughs> a shit ton
1: i was think about that movie centigrade and i think that i could probably like live out of my car with no problem
0: oh oh, oh that's gross that is fun. yeah i usually gross you out that grosses me out all that shit would have hair on it and everything. Give me a break.
1: It's dog hair. It's fine. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. So now, now that we have our pleasantries over with, uh, welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Who are we?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in a daze. Just. Uh, you know, I think we've talked the last couple of weeks about overload as far as movies. And I don't think that we realized that really it was, it was easy going until we got to this week and tried to watch the Sundance movies as well as the regular movies. My God. My God. it's uh, I never thought, you know, some people ask me, do you ever get tired of watching movies? And I've always said no.
1: I'm real close to saying yes right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, we both covered Sundance this year. The first time that we've both done that together, which is kind of cool, even though we were separate, it was still together coverage. And we weren't in Park City because it was a virtual experience. And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's pros and cons to both way of doing, both ways of doing it. Um, I'm usually exhausted while I'm at Sundance. Now, granted, it's because I am overscheduled going to movies, going to interviews, going to parties. God forbid I, I don't do that. And that's a lot of fun. This time it wasn't as much fun, but I still felt like I would. I should be watching so many movies back to back and trying to, to coordinate the interviews was a little more difficult than it was to do in person. So pros and cons to both. The, the other con that really, really upset me was the fact that Um, I usually um, don't eat a whole lot while I'm there because I don't have time. But I do (laughs) manage to drink a lot while I'm there. I don't understand how that balance gets off like that. But I also didn't walk five miles to seven miles at altitude up these mountain roads. And so I don't think I lost any weight with Sundance.
0: (laughs) Well, and, you know, you pointed out another thing when we were talking uh, before this the other con was that you didn't get to as many movies this time because you were at home right. and you had the distractions of home uh the dog that needs to be walked the dinner that needs to be made i mean there was all those other things that you still had to do right. and that kind of keeps you away from from watching you know more movies uh you know as many movies as we should
1: really Right, because we're, we're actually doing two jobs, our regular daily jobs that we do and covering Sundance. So it's, it's two things. At least when you're in Sundance, you're just focused on Sundance, and that's it. Right. right. So.
0: so out of all the movies that you saw at Sundance, uh, which were some that uh, stuck out for you?
1: You know, um, Land was one of the ones that really stuck out for me. Um, and that's with... Um, Robin Wright.
0: Robin Wright, and it comes out on the 12th, so next week. Right,
1: right. So we'll go into that one in a little bit more detail next week. Um, But this is a movie that, you know, we talked about what movies are your favorite movies and why? It's because they speak to you. And this movie spoke to me. It's about a woman who is running from a tragic memory. You really can't run away from your memories. Um, But she plunges herself into the Pacific Northwest and the mountains in this old dilapidated cabin and attempts to survive. She nearly doesn't, um, but for the help of a hunter that happens by um, Damian Bashir plays as hunter, and this is a journey of growth and healing, um, and it's a chilling portrayal of of how harsh and healing Mother mother Nature can be all at one time. I loved Mm. it, loved it.
0: Well, I'll be watching it this week, and as you say, we can talk about it a little bit more next week when it opens up in theaters
1: right how about you what was one of your top films
0: uh you know you and i have differing tastes do we uh yeah a little bit yeah yeah uh and 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 i think that was very evident uh with the movie called on the count of three Uh, you're gonna say
1: eight for silver
0: but yes well i I could (laughs) say that one too uh but on the count of three is one that i'm really surprised you didn't like because it Reminded me a lot of a film we both loved from a couple of years ago called Blind Spotting. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and this, this one reminded me of, this, of, of that as well. Uh, who's this actor you're really high on right now? Christopher Abbott? Yeah. Yeah, he plays one of, the, one of the, it's about two men. And the film opens with a scene in which Christopher Abbott and his buddy have decided they're going to blow each other's brains out in a double suicide. And that's the first scene of the movie. Uh, And then we toggle back in time to see how they get there. I I found, you know, both these guys are very troubled. Both of them have uh, problems that you can relate to. Um, And what I felt the film was about was that it was about being trapped. Uh, Abbott's friend is an African-American, so he's trapped by, you know, the... um, you know, the prejudice that he has to deal with every day, the, the system stacked against him. And the Abbott character is trapped in his own mind. He's mentally ill, and the system set in place to help him has failed him tragically as well. Uh, and, and so, like the two guys in Blind Spotting, I thought these two guys were trapped as well uh, in a situation in which they felt as though they could not get out of. There was that, but then also there's some really dark humor in there that I found just really really amusing. And, and to me, that's really walking a tightrope when you're dealing with, you know, serious subjects like suicide and racism. But then you can get some laughs, some subversive laughs in there. Um, that was one that just really knocked me out. And I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree on it. But I, I've been thinking about that one a lot since I've seen it uh, on the count of three. Not sure when it's going to be released, but uh, I will keep everybody updated.
1: And, and that one seems to be very polarizing. You either loved it or you hated it. So, yeah, I read
0: some the reviews. You're right.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we can, you can take a look at all of our Sundance coverage at our website, realtalkwithchuckandpam.com. And we've got capsule and full reviews on there as well. And we've got interviews that we've posted on CI Living's Facebook page. So you can take a look at those as well as the Daily Journal is posting our interviews as well. So even if you wanted to escape us,
0: you can't. Yeah. Kind of like dog poop on your shoe. We're all over the place.
1: (laughs) Well, shit, Chuck.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Hey, I was trying to be classy about it. There you go. There
1: you go. Leave it to me to bring it down a few levels, right? Uh Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Hey, let's talk about what um, the movies that are coming out this week. Jeepers, Creepers. We've got one, two, what do we say? Like seven this week? I think it's seven next week.
0: Uh, I think there's only six this week. I could be wrong. I could have missed one or two as well.
1: Okay. Um, So why don't you start us off with uh, one of the films that you saw? Uh,
0: Well, I'm not going to start with the one that you really, really like. So I'll take the other one, Malcolm and Marie. Uh, Malcolm and Marie is a uh, two-hander, only two characters in this film. It's on Netflix. Uh, Zendaya and John David Washington are in it. And they are Malcolm and Marie, as you would expect. And uh, this is a movie in which these two characters tear each other apart over the course of 90 minutes. I mean, you talk about grudges and resentment and uh, secrets that come out over the course of this very long night. Man, are they extensive. Uh, Malcolm is a filmmaker and he's just, uh, they've just returned from a premiere type event for his uh, most recent film. He's riding high. He thinks everything's great. His film was a success. He thinks the critics are going to love it. Everything's fantastic. One of the nights of his life. And then he looks over and sees his partner, Marie. Notice there's something wrong. And he makes the vital mistake of saying, what's wrong, Marie?
1: (laughs) No, Chuck, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that maybe you could relate to that character and what he just said to his wife and the consequences thereof? I'm just saying that this guy
0: is young. And he hasn't been in a lot of relationships. He hasn't learned yet that this is something that you, what's wrong, honey, is like when you break the glass, only an emergency. You, you, you only ask that as the last resort. Okay. He hasn't learned that. I'm fine. I wasn't
1: talking about you. I wasn't talking about you.
0: I'm just talking about you know, <laughs> no, in general.
1: I'm just saying what, what follows that is the words, I'm fine, which, what does That's that mean? That's right.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then the game begins because she knows she's not, but no, really, no. you you got to go around and around before you finally get to it, which the film does. And boy, oh, yeah. does she have a litany of complaints. My God, stuff has just been simmering in this young woman and she lets him have it. And then they reconcile a little bit. And then they get into it again. And then it goes back and forth and back and forth. And you know, the funny thing about this film, the first half hour, I was really invigorated about it. I was like, wow, there's a lot of energy here. There's a lot of great stuff going on. These two performances are, are really good. By the end, I felt that I'd been bludgeoned. It's just too much. I was completely emotionally exhausted by the end, which is fine. But the, big, the problem was with the film I had was I ended up hating both of them by the end. Oh, I didn't God. like either one of these people. They both were incredi- incredibly manipulative of each other. You couldn't trust either one of them. And I got to the end. I was like, yeah, you two deserve each other. And I'm glad I'm done with you. This movie
1: is over. Wow. Well, I'll I... take your job off the floor there, pal. I know. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I felt you it four like. Stars? Huh?
0: Just you give it four stars? I did. Yeah, you hand out four star ratings like I hand out candy on Halloween. You know that? You know I, that?
1: Your door was locked. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, this is, this was unbelievably powerful and it hit any and every single topic possible within a relationship. That was, that was part of the problem too. This was a film filmed, filled with being honest with one another. How many people can have a real fight with their significant other and be brutally honest and then repair it and then cut a little deeper, repair it? I felt like that was that beautiful balance between having the the, the uh, daring to be authentic. And I, I use that word with air quotes because I am yeah. a middle-aged white female film critic who writes for a newspaper um, but it dares to be honest with the other person. How many of us really are honest with our significant other, because we love them enough to be honest? That to me is what rang true with this film. And I thought Zendaya, and I've I've seen her. We saw her at the Critics Choice Awards last year. Gorgeous, just absolutely. But, but wait,
0: does she have any other facial expressions other than sullen? I'm just wondering.
1: No, I saw so much more in her than oh, that.
0: Jesus. Oh my uh, goodness.
1: Okay, so doesn't... this, mm, mm. Uh, uh.
0: <laughs> this... Hey, hey, let's be honest. let's be honest about this.
1: <laughs> okay, let's be. Okay. I think this is definitely a male female type of perspective men are from Mars women are from Venus and that's how I saw the film and that's how I completely related with Zendaya's character of Marie she had so many issues and she had you know when somebody is arguing with you frequently you are emotionally hijacked you just like shut down and you don't even know what to say until the next day. There is that shutting down that both characters have, although um, John David Washington's character never is thoughtfully reflective, introspectively until the end. She, however-
0: And that's that's very male. That is is? very male. They nailed that completely. Oh, I think so too.
1: And I think they really nailed the female aspect of this as well, especially in the beginning. And she's making the macaroni and cheese and she's cutting the uh, butter. (laughs)
0: The female aspect of being manipulative and initially non communicative and and messing around with your head, you're right. They got that completely right.
1: (laughs) Or always being the one who is giving up something for the male. See, you didn't emotionally hijack me on that one.
0: (laughs) You know what? In this day and age, no one should have to do that. That's becoming a a non excuse anymore. Is it? It should be. I mean, if we're talking about the 21st century, If we're talking about the 21st century and independence and women being their own person, then, hey, if you don't like how things are going,
1: walk on out. Yeah, it it should be. But I don't think we're there yet. Just like with racism, we should be done with all of that. But we're not. Um, All right. Well, we're going to disagree on this one, which I am just shocked by. I loved it. Highly recommend it. Playing on Netflix this Friday.
0: Yes. If you want a headache, turn
1: in. Hey, did you like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf?
0: Yes, I did. Very much. And I know that there are correlations there. But the writing in Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf* is much sharper. And I think that one problem I had with the film, this one, is that you've got to be very careful to keep it authentic and not have it veer into where it's, oh, this is a big moment. This is a big monologue. This is my uh, mm-hmm. scene where I'm going for an Oscar nomination. And there okay. were too many moments like that, especially there is a long, tirade from Washington about midway through that I ended up fast forwarding through it was like this is absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous it's not genuine at all it was uh, it was the filmmaker showing off all he knew about film history that's all that was uh so so I, I he snapped me out of it there it didn't feel authentic with in these big moments whereas Virginia Woolf does because I think the actors were better and the writing was better
1: Wow, I I thought the writing was very sharp, very succinct. Yes, some of the the speeches or the soliloquies were a little overboard, but I thought there was not one wasted word within the script.
0: Oh, oh, oh Jesus! Oh Powell! Powell. All right,
1: Kaplinsky. Men, women, differences. How we perceive yeah. the world. Yeah,
0: when, well, when my screenplay is done, I can tell you who I'm not giving it to read to.
1: <laughs> I'll let you know what's wrong with it. I'll happily do so. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'll
0: give you a big red marker and you just go go to town. I'll give you a couple. You'll probably need a couple.
1: <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to another one. Um the other Bliss. one coming out. And I think we agree on this one, right, Bliss?
0: I think so. Um, but I gotta tell you. I'm still thinking about it, and even though I wrote my review, it could be a, a, an opinion that changes uh, for the better or worse. Because in me, it, it, in my mind, it's that kind of a movie where I just keep turning it over in my mind and can come to different conclusions. Yes. Uh, from the perspective that I'm taking.
1: And don't you think that's a beautiful aspect of this film? Is is completely. Readable? We meet these these two characters. Yeah, I'm um, going to
0: let you. I'm going to let you do the summary on this one. Go for it. Good luck.
1: Yeah, I, you <laughs> set me up for this one. Um, <laughs> Owen. It stars Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek. And Owen Wilson, we meet initially. His name is Greg, and he's in this dead end job, and he's like doodling on his paper in his office, and he's going to get sacked. Um, he's called into his boss's office, and um, something happens weirdly, and all of a sudden his boss is dead, and he didn't get fired. Then he bolts, goes across the street to have a drink, and he runs into this bizarre woman, and she's played by Selma Hayek, and her name is Isabel. Isabel connects with him, says, "Oh, you're real." and he's very confused by what she's talking about. The whole film is quite confusing until you get to a certain point that you think you understand everything. What is real, what is not? What world we're in and what's reality? What is schizophrenia? What is mental illness? And what is possibly the reality of where these people are from? Um, And then the end comes and I still don't know what's real and what wasn't. I liked that about it. It kept me guessing all the way as to who these characters were, what was happening in their lives, And there there are, I think, some really important messages within this film and how we look at the world and how bad are things really? They portray our world that we understand right now as being the awful part of things. And um, the character of Greg is sent into this awful world to just come back to the real world that he's from to be able to better appreciate what he has. I think that's a really cool message to take a look at. How bad are things in my life? Not that bad. Sometimes I'm in a really down mood, but things could be a lot worse if I stepped into somebody else's shoes and lived their life in their world. I loved that message of it. Selma Hayek was incredible in this this role. She was like a dual personality. And Owen Wilson is always intriguing to me. I'm not sure what it is about him. He's like engaging and charming and honest and real. Um, What did you think
0: of it? I'm glad you said that about Owen Wilson. I mean, it's easy to dismiss him because he's been in so many comedies and he has this goofy sort of persona, but there's more going on here with him. Uh, And I'm glad he got the opportunity to show it. Uh, I I really liked it. Um, I'm not sure I understand everything about it. Uh, It's a movie that I, like I say, I keep thinking about. And, And it's, you know, you talk about how, you know, perspective. Uh, you you look at your own situation, then you go to someplace else and you have uh, something to compare it to. That wake-up call is is so, so important. And is that what the movie is about? Or is the movie about just settling with what you have and saying that you are happy with what you have? Or as you say, is there mental illness going on? Um, I, I think this movie is kind of like a Rorschach test. Everyone would watch it and come away with some different thing from it. It would be fascinating to to get a bunch of people together, watch it, and then talk about it afterwards. Oh,
1: I think so, too.
0: Uh, You know, just to see what you you gleaned from it, what I gleaned from it, what that person gleaned from it. I I think that in talking to other people about it, you you would then perhaps get another perspective as well uh, to look at the whole thing one more time. This reminded me of the movies uh, Charlie Kaufman makes. Right. uh, Being John Malkovich. Yes, yes. And uh, I'm thinking of ending things. This is right in there with that type of a film. So if you, if you like those types of movies, uh, Bliss is the name of this one. It's on Amazon starting tomorrow. Give this one a shot. And uh, I'd be very interested if people wanted to respond uh, and say uh, what they thought of it. I'd love to, to, to read some other perspectives of this movie.
1: Yep, I completely agree. Uh, let's take a look. And we do have a few other movies. Well, tell me, I know that you had a crazy busy week did you were you able to take a look at any other films this week
0: the only other one i saw was a disastrous film called a nightmare wakes a <clears throat> nightmare wakes uh, starts on Shudder this week it is about mary shelley and her writing the novel frankenstein uh and she was pregnant at the time uh her lover was uh messing around on her she had been ostracized from her family this is a woman under great stress and the point of the film is that this stress all manifested itself in the monster that she creates for the novel frankenstein that's what the movie and i'm going to use air quotes is about okay at least from the synopsis that i read watching it though it's hard to pick that up the execution here is really really muddled uh it's more about I don't even know what it's about. Uh, I know what it wants to be about, but it doesn't succeed in getting the message across that her experiences really did have such an impact, and that she is actually the monster. That's what they're trying to do. Okay. But that connection isn't quite there. So it's called a nightmare wakes. It's on Shutter. Skip this nightmare.
1: Okay. All right. Well, there are a couple of other ones out that I was able to, to take a look at, and I'll just give you a quick rundown of the ones that I really think that you would enjoy and I would recommend. The first one is Falling and Viggo Mortensen is, um, stars and he writes and directs. This is a directorial debut. Um, it's an incredible movie about, um, our connection and obligation to family, no matter what, no matter how we've been traumatized by past experiences. John Peterson must decide, will he confront his father and stick up for who he is and who his family is, or will he succumb to his father again, like he did when he was a child? Beautifully done, great flashbacks to what these traumas were back in his childhood. Um, As a first time director, I would never have guessed this was his first time, pacing lags a little bit in the middle, um, but overall, a well-executed film with a, an important message and story to go along that I think so many people can relate to. Um, just as far as growing up to be, maybe somebody your parents didn't think that you should be and our family obligation um, and what that entails. Wonderfully done.
0: Yeah, I've read some good things about this. Uh, the movie's Sitting at Home on My Counter. I've got to get to it. I love, I love Vigo Mortensen and I love Han- Lance Hendrickson, so I'm definitely going to get to this one. Now, I know that, I know that another one of your favorites, Sam Neill had a film this week, uh, called Rams. Uh, you, you, did you end up finishing that one? I know you were h- partway through last time I talked to you.
1: Yeah, I started, I can't start movies at nine o'clock at night. That is just not smart for me to do. And I know this about <laughs> myself. Um, so I got halfway through, I didn't want to turn it off, but I had to because I know myself. So finish it up this morning. Okay, well- um, stars Sam Neill, and I'm gonna have to look this up because I don't recall the other actor's name, so bear with me here for a sec. Takes place in Australia, and I do not have my glasses on, which is not a good thing for me.
0: Go, Magoo, go!
1: Oh my god, okay. Um, Sam, Sam Neill plays Colin, and his uh, uh, Colin's brother Les is played by Michael Caton and they are sheep farmers, and they have a big plot of land in Australia raising extraordinary sheep and rams. They haven't talked in 40 years. They have had a falling out of some sort, and the animosity between the two of them is just extraordinary. Um, there is a disease that um, is among the sheep that it is identified, and all of the sheep must be slaughtered. Um, that's the part where I texted you and I said, oh my God, this is so, so sad. Um, you know how I am with animals. There is an Australian shepherd, of course, in this film. So that also made it good.
0: (laughs) So lamb steps for everyone.
1: No, they couldn't even do that. Nothing could be harvested because this was such a horrible bacteria that, um, nothing could be salvaged. Um, there are a few laughs along the way with some over-the-top characters that add a little bit of levity to the, the film. It's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. And um, I have a feeling, I don't know this, I haven't researched it. It's based on another film out of Iceland. And I think it's based on a true story, um, based on the fact that they had these wonderful images of these two children growing up um, shepherding. So I, I, I think you will like it. I definitely, I would recommend that one. That one's also going to be streaming on Amazon.
0: All right, good deal. So next week, boy, This is a light week compared to next week.
1: I know. And we didn't even talk about Little Fish with Olivia Cook. but you can take a look at the, I wrote a review, a short review on our website, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. But yeah, next week we've got how many? How many, Chuck?
0: I've got got seven right now. One of them, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's new film, French Exit. We'll be talking about that. Uh, Independent film called Minari, which uh, is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. We'll talk about that as well as uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. It also is getting Oscar buzz, and I know you had some great interviews today uh, with some of the people involved with that, so we'll talk about that next week. I think Robin Wright's next week, Steve Zahn. we got a little bit of everything next week, so there's plenty to watch, and we'll have plenty of info for you uh, on those movies. But as Pam says, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam, R-E-E-L, All our reviews are up there. Pam's really done a great job with her Sundance coverage. I've seen a few too. If you're curious about those things or any films, go there. Everything you need is right there.
1: We've got it. Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam and come back next week for seven or eight, maybe nine more movies. Who knows how many will be added? I may be blind by then, but we're going to go for it.